prayerfully you've all had a good day. I'll say, you know, uh, part of the day today, I just had kind of a, a sad heart just for some people who are dealing with some challenges in their life and, uh, you know, just kind of down a little bit. But, you know, we come to church and right from the first line to the first of the first hymn, it just, it's like you just, I don't know, something Man. about it. Just being with God's people, singing the hymns and just Man. focusing on the Lord. Uh, it is a blessing. So Man. I thank God for that. And uh, it's good to be with you all. Uh, the meeting this week, as you know, uh, we started yesterday. We have tonight and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, same schedule, 6 p.m. dinner, 7 p.m. service if you can come. Obvious, well, maybe it's not obvious yet to some of you. Maybe you all know, but uh, Brother Mark and Miss Caitlin had to head down to Philadelphia because uh, Sarah... His, old, uh, his son, Ben's wife, is in labor. Uh, so they left about 8 o'clock this morning. If I hear uh, you know, updates at some point, I'll share what I can. But uh, praise God, prayerfully, they, they get down there safely, or have gotten down there safely probably by now. Uh, but yesterday was a great day. It was a blessing. And I have no doubt tonight will be too. So uh, hang on. We've got a different preacher every service. So we've got uh, my brother-in-law, Josh Lovelace, here tonight. Pastor Josh Lovelace from Truth Baptist in Jefferson, Maine. And uh, tomorrow night, my brother, who's sitting behind him, uh, Pastor Brandon Pelkey from Cornerstone Baptist Church in Stockton Springs, Maine, will be preaching for us. Wednesday night, the plan is Pastor James Wiley from Churchill Baptist in Augusta. He, uh, he trained, him and his wife trained Erica and I. And then Thursday night, Pastor Brooke Suttle from... Uh, Royal River Baptist Church in Yarmouth, Maine. I told him not to bring his crown, seeing uh, <laughs> just the Royal River Baptist Church. No, I'm just uh, there is a river in Yarmouth named Royal River. That's where they got the name. So, uh, but uh, he is one of our missionaries that we support. So it'll be nice to Amen. have him come and uh, preach from God's word. So it'll be good. Uh, most of you, or I should say many of you, know all of these guys, all these families, but not all of you do. So it'll be a blessing uh, for some of our folks who haven't been coming quite as long. If you don't know some of these folks, you'll get to hear them and get to know them. And, uh, I'm thankful that we have uh, friends and family that are so close and that are serving the Lord faithfully and believe the way we believe so they can help us out in a situation like this and be a blessing to our church. And I'm excited about what God is going to do this man. Uh, you know, I told Brother Mark, he said, I really hate to leave you guys. And I said, you're not leaving us. You're, you're being there for your family. <laughs> I just, you know, I don't look at it as you're leaving us. I'm looking at it as you're, you're being there for them. And I said, the Lord knows. And he knew all along that it was his plan for the week to go this way. And uh, he knew that he wanted Pastor Lovelace to preach to us tonight. Whatever he's got prepared, whatever God's put on his heart, what we need this evening, and Pastor Brandon tomorrow night, and so on and so forth the rest of the week. So I pray you come expecting God to work in your heart. Amen. And expecting to hear from God, to hear from his word. Yes. And uh, uh, I'm looking forward to that. Um, so I'd encourage you, if you can, I know not everyone can, but if you can, be here each night. Um, and then I know I share, I believe it's Thursday night is the last day of registration for family camp. So if you want to go to that, uh, get registered as soon as you can. But other than that, I think that's all I got for announcements. Um, our ushers are going to come.
And then right after they're done, they're going to sing a special. We'll sing one more hymn, and then the Lovelace family are going to do a couple specials, a special or two, just whatever you guys want to do, whatever you're comfortable with. If you're good with two, they'll sing a couple specials. Uh, but uh, Caleb, can you pray for the offering, bud? Yes, sir. God, thank you for this wonderful day, Lord. Please bless the offering, Lord. Please touch our hearts with the message that Pastor Lovelace has prepared for us, Lord. Please um, lead us through your with your spirit, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for that compliment. I've never thought of myself as a big fella. As the sun rose that morning on the day of Job's trial, he rose up to serve God as any other day. Bound and determined to live in God's favor, and nothing would stand in his way. Then the messengers came one by one with their stories. In just a few moments, Job lost all he had. Great wealth and riches and the health of his body, and even his children were dead. The Lord giveth, he taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I served him before and I'll serve him today. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job's wife came before him to voice her opinions. She said, you should end it, just curse God and die. Job rose from the ashes and looked toward the heavens. He brushed back the tears in his eyes. He said, the Lord giveth, he taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I served him before, and I'll serve him today. Blessed be the name of the Lord. When troubles come suddenly, blessed be the name. When strong winds blow violently, blessed be the name. When Satan comes oppressing me, blessed be the name. I will still serve God faithfully, blessed be the name. 
Blessed be the name of the Lord. I served him before and I'll serve him today. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. 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 All right, if you'll stand with me for another hymn, one last hymn, hymn number 28, please and thank you. And number 28. Bring his thy faithfulness. As Pastor said, you know, thinking of hard, people having hard times, um, this brings me to this song right here. As great as his faithfulness, you know, right. you can always trust in him. Amen. Amen. His faithfulness. Not, all, not always our own. Say 
Alright, we have a special with the love laces. <coughs> Oh, 
Sanford Bennett was a pharmacist. One of his closest friends was Joseph Webster. On a rainy, dark night in 1868, both of them were good friends. Both of them attended the local Baptist church there in Elkhorn. And on that rainy night, Joseph Webster came in. Sanford Bennett was a pharmacist. Came into the drugstore. And Joseph Webster constantly suffered with extreme bouts of depression. He went through a lot of trials in his life, a lot of struggles. He lost his parents early. His wife had left him. He followed the Lord. His wife didn't. He was really struggling in major bouts of depression. And he walked through the door, and his friend Sanford could see it in his face, and he realized immediately, Joseph, oh, what's wrong? You're down again, aren't you? And Joseph Webster said, yes, yes I am. And this rainy, dark night in 1868, Sanford Bennett, standing behind the counter, never written anything in his life, Joseph Webster, standing at the doorway, never composed music in his life, although he could play the violin. He looked right at Joseph. And he said, hey, hey, I know you're down, but remember this. Remember what a preacher said on Sunday. This is what Sanford said. He said, there's a land that is fairer than day. Amen. And without missing a beat, Joseph Webster lifted his eyes with tears running down. And he said, and you know, by faith we could see it afar. Amen. And in 20 minutes, this song was penned. While both of them crying their eyes out. An amazing story. Amen. Yeah. We're going to sing it for you today. If you know it, I don't care if you join us. But our kids love this song, and we love to sing this song. Let's start it off in the sweet by and by. Amen. Amen. <laughs> 
that my wife's two brothers are pastors. And, and not just pastors, like-minded pastors. You know what I mean? And, and, and we get along. And, and it's exciting. That's a rarity. My, my wife's sister, Danielle, she's faithfully serving the Lord at Brandon's church. It, it's, it's amazing that we, as a family, are all serving the Lord together. Amen. And uh, some of you don't have that luxury to say that. And so I'm thankful that my family, I can say the, the, that the people that I call my brothers, we're all serving the Lord together. Amen. Amen. And um, it's, it's, it's a rare thing. And so I'm just, I'm really excited. I appreciate Brother Nathan, his, his uh, calm, his passion, and, uh, and his zeal. That's the better word I'm trying to think of right there. His zeal for the truth. And for your church, and I, let me tell you, Bible Baptist Church, I'm speaking to you right now. You love your pastor. You pray for your pastor. You support your pastor. You love on him. And uh, you let him know that, hey, hey, I got your back. When you preach the wrong thing and you're thrown in jail, I'm with you. You know what I mean? That's what he needs to hear. Okay? So not that you'll visit him, but that you're in jail with him. You know what I mean? So uh, I'm excited. I really am. And I'm thankful for Brother Nathan. I'm so thankful for this church. Open your Bibles, if you would, please, and go to the book of Philippians, chapter 4. The book of Philippians, chapter 4. What's great when you do this, see, Brother Thren, if he's going to preach this week, he has a plan Okay, he knows if he goes, if he preaches on Sunday, he knows what he's preaching tomorrow night. You know what I mean? He knows what he's preaching on Tuesday night. I have no idea what he preached on yesterday. <laughs> and I have no idea what Brother Brain is going to preach tomorrow night, what Brother Wiley is going to preach on Wednesday night, or Brother Subtle is going to preach Thursday night. We might all preach out of the same passage. I don't know. It kind of gets nerve-wracking. You know what I mean? It's like, oh boy, I hope it doesn't. But anyway... Tonight, I just wanted to share a burden that's been on my heart. A burden that God has placed on my heart specifically in the book of Philippians. Amen. And I want to share something tonight, but I hope it's a blessing, hope it's an encouragement to the folks at Bible Baptist. And uh, if you're not part of Bible Baptist, I hope it's an encouragement to you as well. The Bible says in Philippians chapter number 4, Beginning of verse number one, therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and longed for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Amen. I beseech Iodius and beseech Syntyche that they be of the same mind in the Lord. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labor with me in the gospel. With Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, what a joy it is to be up here tonight. Lord, what a joy it is to be part of this wonderful work in which you have done here in unity. And so, Lord, I pray that you have blessed now your word. Lord, I pray that it would not be me speaking, but it's you. Lord, I pray that we would have hearts that receive your word. Lord, I pray that our ears would hear it and that we would not just be hearers, though, that we would be doers. Lord, I just thank you for what you taught us. Bless us now, I pray. And I'm thankful for all that you've said and done and will continue to do. We pray these things in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. I failed to mention uh, my brothers and my sister, my, my brothers-in-law and my sister. The two become one. You know what the Bible says? Yeah. Okay. They're not my brothers-in-law. They're my brothers. Right. Okay. And my and so I call my mother-in-law mom for a reason. But anyway, I did fail to mention mom. I'm thankful for her, and I'm thankful that she raised these four wonderful children, and that, you know, one of them, obviously, I married, so I did a good job on one. And, um, but no, but seriously, I, I failed to mention mom, and I'm so thankful. They, hey, you know what, there's, there's credit there. Yeah. There truly is. And um, dad's in heaven, mom's right here, and there's credit to both, and they did a wonderful job. Amen. And I'm thankful for that. But anyway, in Philippians... You commonly hear that the book of Philippians, somebody said, what's the theme of the book of Philippians? You might hear the word joy. Well, the theme is joy. Well, hang on just a second. The word joy or the word rejoice or any, any form of joy in the book of Philippians is found 16 times. Not that significant number in just four chapters. 16 times. This is the book of joy. Hang on. The word Christ is found 36 times. See, the theme is a joy. Because if the theme was joy, then the theme then is about you. Right. The theme is Christ. Amen. Now, will that result in joy? Well, of course it will. Matter of fact, the book of Philippians has four major pillars in all four chapters. One of these chapters, I'm trying to say. Look at chapter one. Look at chapter one. Now, this is really deep, so I want you guys to understand this. Chapter one comes before chapter four. That's deep, isn't it? Chapter one comes before chapter two. You say, why is that important? What do you think God knew when he put his word down? The order is important. Yeah. Yeah. To the point that, G, I mean, that the scripture says in Psalms, order my steps. The idea behind that is, is to make sure everything is done. Here, here's another phrase that we know this in the scriptures. Decently and in order. Order means there's a process. See, we want, and now I'm going to get there, so just hang on. We want, Brother Nathan didn't give me an end time, right. so I could go until midnight. Right? So, you can go to tomorrow night. That's right. <laughs> you go to tomorrow night. Yeah, forget Brandon. That's right. So, I'm just kidding. No, but listen, listen. We want chapter four, but you can't get there right. until you have chapters one, two, and three. Amen. So, what do you mean? Hear me out. Chapter one, verse number 21. If you were to ask me, what is the theme of the book of Philippians? Philippians 1.21. Philippians 1.21. The Bible says, for to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. By the way, don't miss this. It does not say, for me to live is Christ. It does not say that. It says, for to me to live is Christ. So why does that matter? Do you think every word matters in the Bible? We're going to see here just a little bit. An act, a letter matters in the Scripture. I believe in the King James Bible. Amen. And these are the truths that we need to remember. Amen. 
Every single, the Bible, Jesus Christ said jot and tittle. Yeah. Every single letter matters in the scriptures. But anyway, for to me to live. What does that mean? That means it's personal. For to me. Yeah. That's what he's saying. Yeah, man. Now listen, for to me to live is who? Christ. Christ. I call this purpose. I believe the scriptures has given us the right purpose. Mm. By the way, this is one of those sermons that the introduction is longer than the message. Okay. So just <laughs> FYI. All right. So, you, you guys still with me? Yeah. Okay? You're swatting mosquitoes. Yeah. I know they're up here too, so that's all right. What's that? <laughs> just going to help everyone stay awake. Just help, that's right. Help everybody stay awake. Now, listen very closely. Okay? In order for you to get to chapter 2, you must know what chapter 1 says. He said, why, why are you doing this? Why, why is it? Well, you said it like three times. You'd be surprised how often we cherry pick in the scriptures. Right, right. I had a gentleman tell me at church on Sunday, he called it, he called it scripture fortune cookies. <laughs> because that's what we do, right? We want to open it up and just find that one verse and go, oh, that's a go right there. I'll find that one. <laughs> well, we got to know what's going on. Right. Purpose. What's your purpose in life? The scripture says, for to me, yeah. to live, is Christ. Amen. See, when your purpose is established, mm -hmm. that will result in joy right. every single time. Yeah. But it's going to result in joy in a, in a specific way. We're not going to take time to go through it. But the entire chapter of chapter 1 is about suffering. Mm -hmm. Suffering. You're never going to have joy in suffering unless you have the right purpose. For to me to live is Christ. Now, I'm not saying this man's theology is always correct. I've listened to his, his testimony. I believe the man's saved. I grew up watching the Dallas Cowboys. Isn't that weird? You guys know who the Patriots are. You didn't know the Cowboys existed. Was that? That's a team? My favorite football player on the Dallas Cowboys, his name was Deion Sanders. And Deion Sanders, last I knew anyway, I listened to him. He's, he's got his, he has the right testimony. He, he's, I believe he's accepted Christ as a Savior. He just offers some things. Don't, don't look at me all pious. You're not always right either. All right, now listen. Deion Sanders said this one time. I thought it was cool. He said, you know, people come to me all the time and they're complaining because things aren't going their way. You know, I'm not, this isn't going my way. He goes, I always look back at him and say, it's not supposed to go your way. It's supposed to go God's way. Isn't that a good thought? Yeah. It's not supposed to go your way. I didn't have a good day today. Nothing went my way. Good. It's not supposed to. <laughs> it's supposed to go God's way. Yeah. For to me to live is Christ yeah. and to die is gain. When I realized my purpose, this is great. Now I can take a step into chapter two. Don't go to four yet. You gotta walk there. All right? Who you ever heard this before? You gotta learn to walk before you can run? The same is true in the scriptures. So if my purpose is right, now I can take to the next step in chapter two, and I read this verse in verse five of chapter two. The Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also, where? In Christ Jesus. 
By the way, you'll see something very quickly with these verses. Christ is in every one. Yeah. Not joy, but Christ. Mm -hmm. Now, I have my purpose. All right, my purpose is for to me to live is Christ. That's my purpose. But now I get to chapter 2, and I realize once I get my purpose established, now I can have the right perspective. How do you view things? Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also where? In Christ Jesus. When my perspective gets right. Now I, I, you know what? My purpose is there. I can have joy in suffering. But then when my perspective is right, I can have joy in service. That's what the entire chapter 2 is about. Matter of fact, look at it. Look at chapter 2, verse number 5. We read that verse, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. When you understand the perspective, the mind of Christ. And the Bible says that we have the mind of Christ. Did you know that? Yeah. You're just not letting it be in you. The Bible says in verse number 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. But you have the mind of Christ. Do you know what it is? It's called the scriptures. Right. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 that it's the Bible that's the mind of Christ. Amen. Think of it like this. Colossians chapter 3 says, And let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. That's letting the mind be in you. So now my purpose is now moved to my right perspective. And I'm looking at things differently. I can have joy as a servant. Look at this. Notice what it says. He humbled himself. Isn't that what it says in verse number 8? He humbled himself. One of the greatest humilities you ever find in, in Scripture or in, in anything is the Lord. So what do you mean? Guess what? Remember this song? Oh, be careful, little hands, what you do. Yeah. Oh, be careful, little hands, what you do. For your Father up above is looking down. Right? The Bible says the eyes of the Lord run to and fro. We know He's looking. But listen, do you realize in the book of Psalms, the Bible says that God has to humble himself just to behold us. So just to see you, God has to humble himself. Imagine how much humility he had to become us. Right? Not just to see us. And we think we're humble. Somebody told me, I'm the humblest guy I know. When I go from purpose and I move into the right perspective, chapter 2 is great because it gives you more examples than just Christ. Because, you know, we always do that, right? Well, that's crime. Kind of like, it's kind of like the junior church kid. What did you learn in church this morning? I learned about Jesus. Okay, be a little more specific, right? Well, it's like, well, who's humble? Well, Christ is. Well, okay, I know that. 
But the scripture goes farther. It tells you about Timotheus. Right. That's Timothy in chapter 2. It tells you about Epaphroditus in chapter 2. Two great servants yep. who had the right perspective. Mm -hmm. And then you get to chapter 3. Now listen, you can never get to chapter 3 if you don't have chapters 1 and 2. You need the right purpose first. If you're perfect, and if you're if you're trying to get perspective, and you can't figure out why you have no joy in service, it's because you have no purpose. Mm -hmm. You can't get perspective until you have purpose. Mm -hmm. You follow me? Yeah. Chapter one comes okay. before chapter two. Yeah. So my perspective, my per this is hard to do. My purpose <laughs> is right. My perspective is right. And now I can move into chapter 3 and realize I need the right passion. Mm -hmm. What's the passion? Philippians chapter 3, verse number 14. I press toward the mark of the prize, excuse me, for the prize of the high calling of God. Where? In Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. Oh, look at there. There he is again in another verse. And there's no joy here. It results in joy. Mm -hmm. So what do you mean? All right. My purpose is right. My perspective is right. I've gone from, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain, to let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, to I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. My passion. And when I get my passion right, I realize this wonderful truth. I've gotten joy in suffering. I've gotten joy in service. And now I realize I can have joy in spite of me. Yeah. And that's what chapter 3 is about. Amen. Yeah. That's good. It's about, ready? It's about, it ain't you. Mm. That's <laughs> terrible grammar. Even that whole sentence was wrong. But you know what I mean. It's not about you. That's right. And see, don't we do that, though? You read a passage, or somebody, you're, maybe you're like in the circle. We did this when I was in Bible college. Some of the most dangerous people in the world are, are, are 18, 19, 20-year-old students in Bible college who are studying you know, to be a pastor. Those guys are dangerous <laughs> because they got it. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> I had a guy sit down with me. His name was David. sat down with me in my dorm room. He said, Josh, I need to talk with you. I'm like, okay. So I go sit down with him, and he's like, you know the race we run as believers? Yes, David. I feel like you're behind me. <laughs> exactly what he said. And I'm, just, I'm, sitting on, I'm sitting on my bed, he's in, he's in the desk, and he's like, I feel like you're behind me. And I said, David, just because, I said, I said, listen, I'm, I said, I love you, but hear me out. Because you just said that, that puts you behind me. <laughs> and then he walked out. So, he left college to be a missionary to Iran. Last I knew, he was living in a trailer somewhere in South Carolina. But that's okay, all right? It is what it is. My point is, sometimes you get, we, we sit in these groups, and, and we open up the Bible, and then you read popcorn preaching. And then you read a verse, or you read something, and then somebody will say, well, what does that mean to you? Who's ever heard that term, or that phrase? What does this mean to you? Yeah. 
Are you ready? The scripture means what the scripture means. Amen. It has nothing to do with you. Okay, there's, there's no such thing as private interpretation. The Bible says that. Absolutely. The scripture means, ready? What the scripture means. Amen. And so when we understand that truth, we can now walk into the pages of Philippians 3 and realize I can have joy in spite of me. I am nothing. Paul uses the word dung. Yeah. Things that were gained to me, those I kind of lost for Christ. Man. I count all things but dung that I may win. Oh, no, no, no. Notice what it says. I count all things but dung. That is, uh, do count them but dung in verse number 8. You say, why do you saying the word dung? Well, that's because it's right there. <laughs> and do count them but dung at the end of verse 8. That I may have joy. That's not what it says. Right. That I may win Christ. Amen. See, here once again, the theme isn't joy, because if it was joy, the theme would be of you. And that negates all of chapter 3. It's joy in spite of you. Because the theme is Christ. So, so right, right, right. we can't have the right passion, though. Your passion is never going to be right if your perspective isn't right. Right. You follow what I'm saying? Yep. Your perspective is never going to be right if your purpose isn't right. Mm -hmm. we got to make sure we do it in order. Mm -hmm. Chapter 3 comes after chapter 2, which yeah. is after chapter 1. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes, sir. And then we get to chapter 4. We get to the verse that we want. This is the verse that we crave in the book of Philippians. And that's verse 13. One of the most taken out of context verses in the world. Right. Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Well, what is that? Well, our, our, our purpose, to our perspective, to our passion, now I have the right power. But notice this. Oh, right, let me say it this way. This has nothing to do with the basketball game. Right. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Steph. <laughs> so who's Steph? Well, his last name's Curry. <laughs> he puts it on his shoe. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It has nothing to do with the basketball game. It has nothing to do with the volleyball game. It has nothing to do with leaping tall buildings. Well, Steph's all things. All means all. That's all all means. <laughs> well, hang on. <laughs> this is really deep. Are you ready? Verse 13 comes after verses 1 through 12. Right. <laughs> See? It's so amazing, isn't it? See, it's a, it, it will blow your mind how much heresy is actually preached when all we're doing is cherry-picking from the Scripture. Right. right. Read and study the Scripture. Right. Yeah. So what is it? All right, hang on. Purpose. Joy and suffering. Perspective, joy in service. Passion, joy in spite of us. Power, joy over stress. That's exactly what chapter 4 is about. You see why we want to go to chapter 4? Because we're stressed out. <laughs> now, we're, we're, we're okay with the first three chapters, but we really want chapter 4. Why? Because I'm so stressed out right now. Do you not know? Good night, they arrested Trump! Yeah. What's going to happen next? What if Biden's elected again? I can't handle more of them. 
without studying chapters 1, 2, and 3. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. We want joy over stress. You're never going to have it if your purpose is wrong. And after your purpose gets right, then your perspective has to get right, then your passion has to get right, and then finally there's the right power to have joy over stress. We must do it the way God intended it. Yeah. You know what happens? This is really easy. We're humans. And we get, what is that old saying? We get the cart before the horse. Mm -hmm. That's weird. Okay, because nobody here came on horse and buggy. I know people around here have them. But get the cart before the horse. Get the cart. Okay, think of it this way. Put the trailer in front of the car. You know what I mean? It just doesn't work that way. <laughs> but that's what we do in the scriptures. And we get to chapter 4, and we want joy over stress, but we've got to make sure chapters 1, 2, and 3 are in the right place. Yeah. So you're never going to build a building until the foundation's laid. You're never going to put the wall, I'm sorry, you're never going to put the walls up until the foundation's laid. You're never going to put the roof on until the walls are up. Right. Right. No one builds a building by putting the roof on first. And when you come to chapter 4, we want, Pastor, it's so stressful though, I, I know it is, but let's get the first three chapters done first. Mm -hmm. I want you to see this in the joy over stress, in our passage now, in verses 1 through 4. And I gave you all that as just a quick little rundown of the book of Philippians. Mm -hmm. and by the way, hey, listen, listen. Don't ever think for a moment, yeah, I've studied Philippians, I've already got all that. You're never going to get all that. Because right? this is the mind of Christ. Mm -hmm. The Bible says, who can know it? Yeah. You're never going to know it all. Yeah. Aren't you thankful? Yeah. I, that, that's a relief to me. Because we become arrogant Americans who think that we got to have it, i got to know everything. And guess what? You ain't going to. Right. But praise God for the revelation the Holy Spirit has given us. That we can look at these things and understand these things. And then when we're in this sweet bye-bye, we get to study it some more. Mm -hmm. That's the greatest thing about the scriptures. It is alive. Now let's look at Philippians 4, the first couple of verses. Our text that we began with tonight. There are three things mentioned in the first four verses that I think are vital, vital for the Christian growth, vital for the church, vital for your home, vital for your family, and they're really simple. Don't you love the simplicity that being Christ, yeah. the Bible calls it? Philippians yeah. chapter 4, verse 1, therefore my brethren, he calls them Dearly beloved, twice in this verse. I think that's interesting. That's a fun study in of itself. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and longed for, my joy and crown. Boy, what a great list of people. He calls them dearly beloved. He says that he longs for them. It's a, it's a delight to be with them. That's what he's saying. Isn't it great? Isn't it wonderful to delight to be together? Yeah. Hey, hey, think of it like this. Well, actually, you know what? Look at it. Long for my joy. 
crown. Why do we call this church his crown? Well, according to 1 Thessalonians, we know what his crown is. His crown, you know what, look at it. Look at 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Verse number 19. He says this to the church of Thessalonica. For what is our hope or joy or what? Crown of rejoicing. He answers the question. Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For ye are our glory and joy. So when he tells the church at Philippi, go back to chapter Philippians 4. When he tells this church, you are my crown, what's he saying? He's acknowledging the fact that, hey, I'm excited we're going to be in heaven together. I'm excited we're going to be in the presence of the Lord together. Listen very closely. Don't judge me because you're going to. But there are people that I love that I don't like. Don't judge me. You have those people. You go to Christmas and Thanksgiving. I'm just kidding. All those people are here. Oh, boy, it's me. No, but seriously, think about it. Okay, listen, listen, listen. All right. We all know somebody who we know is a child of God. We know they're saved. But when we think about eternity with them, it kind of hurts. <laughs> don't judge me. You know somebody like, don't point. <laughs> now listen, when he says my crown, he's letting them know, hey, it's not just that we're going to be in heaven together. I'm looking forward to being with you. Amen. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's the kind of people these guys are. And that's why he calls them dearly beloved twice mm -hmm. in this verse. But notice what, notice, notice what he gives them right in the middle. We skipped it. Notice what it says in verse 1. Stand fast in the Lord. You know what that's called? It's called faithfulness. Yeah. What's needed for our church? Faithfulness. Yeah. But not just faithfulness to each other. Not just faithfulness to our church. Not just faithfulness to our family. But faithfulness. Stand fast where? In the Lord. Isn't that great? Notice this. In the entire book of Philippians, this is the only quote-unquote negative verse. It's in verse 2. It's the only negative verse, and it's two women. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> verse 2. Just read it, Josh. I beseech Iodius and beseech Syntyche. What's their deal? We don't know. The Bible never tells us. All we know is there's a little bit of oomph between the two. And so what does he say? That they be of the same mind in the Lord. That's, that, that, it, it's, it's right there. Notice, no, okay, let's look at it. He says, stand fast in the Lord in verse 1. Now in verse 2, he says, to be of the same mind. And where is this? In the Lord. By the way, notice what the scripture isn't saying. Have the same mind. Be of the same mind. There's a difference. My mind is different than your mind. Yeah. It's kind of like this. Look at chapter 2. Look at chapter 2. It says in verse 2, by the way, this is a connection to this. Faithfulness is found in chapter 1. Be, uh, be of the same mind is found in chapter 2. 
But it says in chapter 2, fulfill, verse 2, Fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, watch this, having the same love. Everybody see that? It does not say loving the same thing. Yeah. Right. Who in here loves Brussels sprouts? Hey, get out. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't love the same thing. You, you follow me? It doesn't say loving the same thing. It says having the same love. But what is that love? Well, the Bible tells you what that love is. The love of God that was shed abroad in our heart. When it says having the same mind, to be of, I'm sorry, to be of the same mind. You can't have it. But to be of it means what? Well, what's that mind? Well, I kind of remember reading something about it in chapter 2, verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, not only do we have fellowship in verse 1, I'm sorry, faithfulness in verse 1, now we have fellowship in verse 2. To be of the same mind. By the way, where is it found? In the Lord. And now we come to the fruition. That's in verse number 4. We have stand fast, same mind, and now verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say... Rejoice. It doesn't say rejoice always. It says what? Rejoice in the Lord. See, before he gets to verse 13, he's letting the church know, hey, listen, listen, you need power. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. But when your purpose, your perspective, and passion are right, we got to make sure before you plug in, so to speak, make sure, hey, listen, Stand fast in the Lord. Be of the same mind in the Lord. And rejoice in the Lord. Amen. There are several ways the scripture points out to rejoice in the Lord. I'm just going to list them for you as opposed to going to them. But there are six things in the scriptures that the Bible explicitly says to rejoice in the Lord in. Number one, we are to rejoice in the Lord in his goodness. That's Exodus chapter 18, verse 9. Rejoice in the Lord in his goodness. By the way, you know what that's you know what that is, Exodus 18:9? That's when Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, rejoice in the Lord for the goodness that God has done to Israel. Now why is that important? You ever rejoice in the Lord for God's goodness to somebody else? Jethro wasn't part of Israel. What a sign of maturity. And you could finally say, I'm rejoicing. I'm so excited for what the Lord has done for them. By the way, if you're not there, that's why you can't have joy over stress. You see what I'm saying? It's listed. So, for his goodness. The second thing we rejoice in the Lord in is, is we rejoice in the Lord in his worship. That's Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 12. Hey, you know what badness we look like we're winged on a dill pickle when we're worshiping. <laughs> okay? Let's be excited. I was just talking to Duska about this on the way over here. About, I was talking to another pastor who made this statement. He goes, our worship in our churches right now, sometimes rather, it's, it's so boring. Mm. Why is that in the scriptures? Deuteronomy 12, 12 tells us we need to rejoice in his worship. We need to rejoice in his gifts. Yeah. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 1. 
We need to rejoice in his praise. You said, what's the difference? Well, praise is not the same as worship. Right. 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 Praise is when we recognize what he has done. <laughs> and we give thanks. Yeah. We sing songs. Worship is when we recognize who he is. Amen. And by the way, and what we're not. To rejoice in the Lord and His praise. Psalm 1, excuse me, Psalm 33, verse 1. We rejoice in the Lord and His salvation. Psalm 35, verse 9. And here's the sixth one I really like. We rejoice in the Lord because of who He is. Amen. First Chronicles 16, verse number 15, and Psalm 40, verse 16. But I want you to see one more thing. One more thing and I'll, I'll be done. Look at verse 4. Remember I told you about the importance of letters? Guess what the Bible does not say? And if it does in your Bible, it's because somebody's taken liberty with the King James Bible that they shouldn't have. Rejoice in the Lord always. It does not say always. So what's the difference? All right, well, hear me out first. When, when somebody gives me a Bible or I go to the store and I pick up a King James Bible, the, there are several things I turn to. And, I, and you know what? If, if you want to do this, a good test. Psalm 51, verse 2. If it says thoroughly and not throughly, you have somebody who's taken liberties with the Scriptures. Yeah. You say, well, it's the same thing. Actually, it's not. I paint. Dusk and I just finished painting a barn. We did a thorough job. But I'm never going to be through. Because in 10, 20 years from now, that barn needs another coat. There's a difference between wash me thoroughly and wash me throughly. Yeah. Aren't you glad when the Lord washes us of sin, he's through? Amen. Somebody said it this way, thoroughly is from the outside in. Throughly is from the inside Amen. out. Amen. Wow. Right. That's good. Now listen, that's Psalm 51, verse 2. If your Bible says thoroughly, somebody's taking liberties, they shouldn't have. Another passage I go to is Philippians 4. You say, what's the difference between all way and all ways? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's figure it out. From the Bible. So get your Bibles ready, and then we're going to be done. Okay? Go to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. Watch this. It doesn't say for me to live as Christ. It says for to me to live. It doesn't say rejoice the Lord always. It says rejoice the Lord always. Hear me out. Look at Matthew chapter 26, verse number 11. This is after... The lady breaks the alabaster box of ointment, and then Judas gets mad. It's a big deal, because he's Judas. Verse, uh, you know what? Let's look at verse 10. When Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. Now watch this. For ye have the poor, what's the next word? Always. Always with you. But me ye have not always. Everybody see that? Okay. We don't take time to go there, but if you go read Mark chapter 14 and John chapter 12, other two accounts in the Gospels, 
that say that, that give the same account in the scriptures. They say the exact same thing. Always with an S. What does he say in verse number 11? For ye have the poor always with you. But me ye have not always. Okay? Go two chapters over to chapter 28. Verse number 16. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. This is not Acts 1. We sometimes confuse this passage with Jesus Christ saying, All power is given to me in heaven and earth. Remember that? Mm -hmm. Remember that. That's right. Never mind. That's right here. We confuse it with Acts 1 where it says, uh, And you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. That's what it says in Acts 1. See, I even got confused. So what, what's the big deal? That's on the Mount of Olives. That's right outside Jerusalem. What does it say in verse number 16? They're in Galilee. You know what it says in verse 16? Uh -huh. Then the eleven disciples went away into where? Galilee. Galilee. That's not in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. Galilee's up north. This is a different time. Mm -hmm. I believe this is during the 40 days that Christ is with them after his resurrection, but this is not the same as Acts 1. Anyway, I digress. Verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them. By the way, this is another example in the scripture about a letter. Baptizing them in the name it does not say names. Grammatically speaking, I love grammar, grammatically it should say names. If the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost are three different people. Right, right, yeah. right. Good. But it says name mm. of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Now watch this. Here, here's where we're going. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever commanded you, and lo, I am with you. What does that say? Always. Again, that's the other passage I go to when I pick up a Bible. Matthew 28, verse 20. It doesn't say always. Now watch this. Compare this. I call it, our church is used to me, I call it flippity flip. That's what I call it. Let's flippity flip. You know, you, you know what I mean when I say that? Go to here and go to here. Why do we do that? Because the Bible tells you to do that. Mm -hmm. yeah. It says to compare Scripture with Scripture. The Bible says to do this. So let's look at Matthew 26, verse 11. For ye have the poor always with you, but me ye have not always. Jesus said, I'm going to leave you. Then he says in verse 20 of chapter 28, verse 20, Lo, I am with you always. Well, what's the big deal? If it said always, that would be a big deal. Because then Jesus Christ would contradict himself, which he never does. So why, is, why is it a big deal? Okay, listen. I'm not trying to sound super spiritual, so just hang on. <laughs> Josh, hang on. Is Jesus Christ... I'm afraid for what my answer is going to be. Hang on. Uh, don't answer it. <laughs> is Jesus Christ physically, visibly here? In the flesh. In the flesh. No. With me? Mm -hmm. Okay. 
what he's referring to in Matthew chapter 26. You gotta take your brain out and play with it to, to not get that. Okay. That's what he's referring to in Matthew 26. That Christ said, I'm gonna go. That's why he says in John 14, let not your heart be troubled. Because they're all going, oh, I wanna, I wanna go. He says, hey, hey, hey. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Then he goes on to tell them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but by me. But he tells them, hey, 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 me, ye have not always. Lo, I am with you always. Think of it like this. Every time, always, not every time. Every time there's a negative with the word always, it's always, always. <laughs> There's never a negative. So what do you mean? Me ye, and, and me ye will have not always. You see that negative there? Never in the Bible is there a negative with the word always. Never. You know why? Here's the difference. Are you ready for this? We're bound by time. Did you know that? You're getting older. Go look in the mirror. I burnt the top of my head on Saturday. I didn't think my hair was ever that thin. Welcome to the club. I know. I'm getting older. Now listen, listen. The Bible says, right, hey, before I get that far, okay, hang on. Always, every time in the scripture, is, ready, linear. Linear means time. Or you can maybe say the word temporal. TEM, TMP, temporal, temporary, tempest. So what's a tempest? That's a storm for a time. Temperature, that is the degree for a time. TEMP means temp. I mean, means time. So, so we're temporary, temporal, linear. We're bound by time. Did you know that? Always is in reference to time. But there's going to be a time where there's an angel that's going to put his foot on the land and he's going to put his foot in the sea in the book of Revelation. He's going to sound a trumpet and he's going to make an announcement. He's going to say, Time shall be no more. Amen. Now we've transitioned from always to always. Every time all way is used in the scripture, it's in reference to outside of linear time. So what do you mean? Rejoice in the Lord always. Guess what we're going to be doing outside of time? Still rejoicing in the Lord. Somebody said this, and I've loved it. Always, S, at all times. S. Always, for all time. No S. See that? Yeah. Always at all times. Always for all times. There's a reason why the scripture says in Philippians chapter 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Because, listen, when we get to, I don't want to be so stressed out. Hang on. My passion's right. My purpose is right. My perspective's right. All right, all right. Here's a big help. We're going to be rejoicing in the Lord forever in glory. Yeah. That means we're living in the temporal. So the trial you're in now, it's just a tempest. That's right. Yeah. It's a storm for a time. Yeah, that's good. 
Not always. Not always. <laughs> but one day we're going to be rejoicing. By the way, we can rejoice in the Lord now. All way is for now as well. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't mean just wait till then. Amen. What that means is it's now into them. Yeah. Always is now and stops at them. Yeah. Always is now into them. Yeah. And we're going to rejoice the Lord always. Amen. The Bible Amen. tells you in Psalm 119 to study the scripture always. Yeah. You think we're going to be doing in glory, studying the scriptures. <laughs> and I'm so thankful. So when you when you see that, I hope that's a lesson and a help to you. But understand, there's value in this thing that's in your lap called the Bible. Amen. There's Amen. extreme value. Amen, and sometimes that value is found in a little letter. <laughs> that there's an S missing. Aren't you thankful for the scriptures? Yes. Amen. I'm so thankful for the scriptures. And I hope tonight, if anything, you just got a better zeal. Passion, we use that word we used it earlier, but a better love yeah. for the Word of God. Yeah. Amen. Study to show the pastor approved. That's not what it says. <laughs> Study to show thyself approved. Yeah. Yeah, listen, don't believe Nathan Pelkey, because the Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. Mm -hmm. Nathan Pelkey's a liar. <laughs> Brandon Belkey is a liar. Yes, sir. And you know who's worse than those two? Josh Lovelace is a liar. The chief of them. Hey, <laughs> I'll be the first to tell you that. Let God be true and every man a liar. Hey, you study to show thyself approved. You study this. Amen. Amen. Study the scriptures. Yes. Let God be true. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Lord, for the study we had tonight. Lord, I know of all over the place and we're given a bunch of different stuff out the book of Philippians. But God, I pray that if anything, we're walking away tonight with just a better love for the scriptures. That we can say, praise God for what's written in front of us. That he has perfectly preserved his word for me. Who are we to ever think that we deserve that? Not only that. Not only did you preserve your word for us. You sent your son for us. He died on the cross of Calvary for us. He rose again the third day for us. So that we can call upon him to save our souls. Lord, I know tonight wasn't a salvation message, but if there's somebody here tonight, Lord, that doesn't know you as their Savior, I can't think of a better time. Lord, the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Lord, I pray that whoever that might be tonight, if there's somebody here who doesn't know you, I pray they would call upon you. Lord, I pray for the believer who does know you. Maybe tonight they realize how come they don't have joy over stress. They want power. Because their purpose is wrong. Their perspective is wrong. Their passion is wrong. Maybe get into the scriptures. And fix what is wrong. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done. We praise you. We bless you for the remainder of this evening. We pray these things in your name.
question, what does this mean to me? Hmm. That question bears out is, how can I make this about me? And that's been the, uh, that has been the study method for Christianity for, I mean, as long as I've known. Yeah. How can I make this about me? But this book isn't about me. It's about him. Amen. I recently heard somebody say, I don't remember who it was, I was listening to somebody preach or something, and it mentioned the book of Philippians is about joy. And I thought, yeah, I've heard that before. And I didn't think too much about it. But why would we be surprised to see that it's not about joy? <laughs> it's about Christ. Amen. And you know, there's a lot about joy in the book of Philippians. But there's not more about joy than there is about Christ. Amen. And as Pastor Josh said, the, the road map to joy is Christ. Amen. He should be our joy. In Him we can have joy. What is your purpose tonight? Starts there. Is your purpose you? Or is your purpose him? What is your perspective? What is your passion? I want power. I don't know about you. We do deal with a lot of stress. But when we get those things in line, when they all fall into place, and it was the same answer for all of them, really, Christ. That's right. He's our purpose. He's our perspective. He should be our passion. He's the source of our power. Amen. It's all about Him. I pray Christ would be the focus. He would have all those pieces of our life. Uh, and you know, maybe it's not something that we can flip a switch. Sometimes I think we figure, well, I want to be this way. I want Christ to be all these things to me. So I'm just going to bow my head and pray, and it's going to fix it all. I don't think, I wish it was that easy for us when it comes to these types of things. But it's something we have to determine. We're, we will likely, if we're honest with ourselves and we're honest with God and we come to him and say, Lord, help me to fix these things in my life. I know my purpose isn't right. I know my perspective. I know my passion. And we ask the Lord to help us with those things. Tomorrow, you know what you're probably going to find yourself doing? Having the wrong purpose again. Mm -hmm. Oh! I wanted to make Christ my purpose today, but I messed up. Okay, don't give up. Lord, forgive me. I'm back to myself again. Help me to die to self. Make you my purpose. My perspective was wrong. Lord, forgive me. Help me to have the right perspective. Help me to make it about you. So on and so forth. Fashion and you'll have power. Just encourage you tonight. I appreciate that message, Brother Josh. Challenged me, convicted me. I was helped by the message tonight. I love seeing the old ways and the old way. Amen. There's so much value and understanding that this book is God's holy and inspired word. Amen. You're not going to find that in other translations. That's right. That's right. Other versions, whatever you want to call them, perversions, more accurate. Yeah. You're not going to find it. But you find it in our Bible. Amen. There is a difference. By one letter. Amen. It means something. I don't think.
encourage you. Study your Bible. Tonight I encourage you to consider what is your purpose, perspective, passion. God will give you power to overcome your stress. Let's go ahead and pray. Uh, we'll have a moment of invitation and then we'll dismiss. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for the message tonight. Appreciate Brother Josh coming and preaching what you've laid on his heart. And Lord, it has been a help to me this evening, and I pray it's been a help to others. And Lord, the truth is we probably all have some work to do in these areas of our lives. Maybe we have looked at pieces of the scripture or, or your word inaccurately, and we've tried to pull things out of context at times to make them fit a need. Or help us with something in our lives. Lord, I pray that we be honest and sincere when it comes to the scriptures. Help us, Father, to study them, not to help ourselves, but to know you better. And as we know you better, we will be helped. As we make our life about you, we will be helped. We'll have joy. When life is all about me and my circumstances, I'm going to be bitter. I'm going to be stressed. I'm going to be frustrated. But when, it, when my purposes don't matter, but you do, then the circumstances are what the circumstances are, as long as I keep my eyes on you. Lord, I pray you'd help us. I pray you'd help us to have these things right in our lives. And Lord, if we don't, I pray you'd make it clear to us and we'd work with these things. We'd seek your help, your strength in, in making these things right. Before we close in prayer this evening, if we keep our eyes closed and our heads bowed, is there anyone here tonight that would slip up their hand and say, Pastor, I'm not for certain that I am saved. I've never trusted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, but I'd like to know that one day, when I breathe my last breath, I'm going to spend eternity with Jesus Christ. I'm going to spend eternity in heaven. If you're here tonight and that's you, would you just slip up your hand? How about Christians? You don't have to raise your hand tonight, but maybe you'd, between you and God, you'd say, yeah, my purpose hasn't been right. It's been, been motivated by what I want out of my life, or what I want out of this life. My perspective's been wrong. It's not, not to have the mind of Christ. My passion's been wrong. Again, been about me. Or we sure are selfish sometimes. Let's just take a couple minutes to give folks a little time to pray, and then I'll close us out in prayer here in just a couple minutes.
out this evening and sat under the tent and braved the mosquitoes. Lord, I pray as we go home tonight, we would think on what we've heard. And I pray your word would continue to ring true in our hearts and minds. And Lord, the truth is we know what your purpose is for us. we got to make your purpose our purpose for us. For these things to begin falling into place. And I pray, Lord, if some of us here tonight need to get those things lined up, get those pillars in place, I pray you'd help us to do that, Lord. Maybe we would find something we've been missing, Lord, we'd find that joy that so often seems to evade the Christian's life. Lord, we want to have joy. I pray, Father, you'd help us to be able to have that joy. Father, pray for safety tonight. Pray you bring us back again tomorrow night, ready to hear from your word, and ready to hear what it is that you have for us. And Father, we look forward to it, and we know you have a plan, and Lord, this evening's message is exactly what we needed. And we thank you for that. Thank you for your faithfulness. And we ask all these things and pray them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.